Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. This season, we're bringing in leading female powerhouses to take a deep dive into the topics that matter most to you. Technology, money, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it, we're covering it all. Tune in every Wednesday for career, real talk, and BS-free advice from the best in the biz. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Sustainability hasn't exactly been at the forefront of the $532 billion beauty industry. In fact, when it comes to packaging, ingredient sourcing, and distribution, it's actually responsible for a great deal of waste, and it takes a heavy toll on the environment. According to Zero Waste Week, more than 120 billion units of packaging are produced globally every year by the cosmetic industry, contributing to a loss of 18 million acres of forest annually. But thanks to a handful of pioneering indie brands, the tides are changing, and each and every is one of them. In addition to using sustainable clean ingredients and being cruelty-free, reducing product waste has always been at the center of their brand mission. Over the past year, they've been working on a more sustainable option and have developed a multi-step plan towards a more environmentally friendly product. Their first step in tackling this complex but very important issue is to launch their worry-free recycling program, and we're going to talk about that, and it's fascinating. For this episode of Work Party, I sit down with each and every co-founder, Lauren Lovelady, to dive into their eco-friendly mission and the challenges of creating a conscious beauty brand with sustainable state of mind from start to finish. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the show, Lauren. So excited to have you on Work Party. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. So you are the co-founder and brand leader for each and every. Can you tell us a little bit about what each and every is? Yes, absolutely. So Each and Every is a natural beauty brand. We are founded on the philosophy that each and every ingredient matters. And so we've started in deodorants. That's what my background is in. That's what I was most passionate about trying to solve problems for. And we also have some other categories that we're launching soon. It's really just about the idea that each and every ingredient matters and you should know exactly what you're putting on your body. So you came from the likes of Secret and Old Spice and you were working, as you say, like in deodorant, like deodorant was your baby. So tell me a little bit about how you got into that and how those roles informed what would then become your company. 
Yeah, absolutely. So my entire career has been in deodorants for the most part. I actually started my career before that in investment banking. And my educational background is in finance, went into investment banking, and really learned through that exercise that I was more passionate about beauty, honestly. Beauty's always been a personal passion of mine. I'm quite a junkie. I'm always in pursuit of my holy grails and wanted to do something um, more in that realm. So pivoted the first time into a more corporate role and still within finance. So my thought there was it's closer to what I want to do. I'll just take a step in the right direction. It's been a couple of years doing that for mainstream brands like Old Spice and Secret, then hopped over to the brand management side of the business. So getting even closer to the consumer, even closer to marketing and ultimately what I was passionate about. And I just had this realization that you have what you do for work and you have what you do for fun. And those worlds can live together. They don't have to be separate. And so throughout my career, I've just taken steps and pivoted along the way in an effort to bring my work life into what I was passionate about. So as I was spending time in deodorants, I really became passionate about startups. I was passionate about natural beauty and really just wanted to take my knowledge of deodorant and create a new brand um, that kind of married those two worlds together. I love it. So you're in investment banking, totally different world. And then you go over to corporate and you're working in finance there. How do you transition from finance to brand manager? I feel like that feels like quite the hop it, to me. It was, it was absolutely a big hop. The good news is I was part of the same team. So I was just doing a different role with on the same team. And I really think that that experience has set me up for the role that I have now, because, you know, I'm not afraid of the numbers. I know what, what we need to raise and what we can spend. And it really just became about building relationships and creating opportunities and walking through, you know, open doors that would allow me to pursue that next step. So when you're at obviously this, your last job, what was the moment you decided to leave? Did you have a plan in place? Did you have runway set up? Did you already have your co-founder? Did you have the, like, where were you at in the process when you decided to leave your full-time job? Yeah, it was really just an evolving process. So a co-founder was a colleague. She has a PhD in the science side of things. So we decided that she would run the entire product side of the business and I would run the brand side of the business. And really it was just incremental steps toward what we wanted to do. So it wasn't like I woke up one day and said, I'm going to do this now. It was, let's plant this seed and see how it grows and plant you know, the next seed and see how it grows. We spent about a year talking to people who had the same values that we did about natural products to understand, did other people have the same frustrations we did? Did other people, why were they using natural products? We really wanted to create a space that was unique in the market that also addressed all of the same tensions we had. So it was really about small incremental steps every day to get to where we are today. And we still feel like there's a lot of runway left for where we want to go. So what were some of those tensions you're talking about, you know, that you found in that category? This was one of the most fun elements of creating this brand was just talking to people. You know, we'd go to SoulCycle and strike up a conversation or like pop into a juice bar and just have a casual conversation with someone. And what we learned is that a lot of the frustrations were similar to what we had. It's really, you know, natural products don't work or they're difficult to use. They're not a fun experience. But then more than that, they're confusing. Like it's really hard to know what is okay to use, what is not okay to use. 
there's a lot of brands that use the word natural. There are brands that use the word clean. There's not a lot of clarity as to what those things mean or how you define each of those terms. And, you know, just because something's natural doesn't mean it's safe. Just because it's clean doesn't mean it's safe. Or if it's not natural, it's, you know, unsafe. So we really spent a lot of time digging into ingredients and what people we're searching for. And we'd hear from people, you know, I have to Google this laundry list of ingredients to see if it's safe for me to use, or the ingredients are so long, I don't understand what they mean. And so that's when we decided that each and every would be about the intentionality of the ingredients that we use. And really our, all of our formulation comes down to three key principles. It's one simplicity. So we want as few things in there as possible. Everything has a role. There's no fillers. There's no long ingredient list. We try to keep it as short as possible. Two is transparency. So everything is disclosed. You know, we heard a lot from people that fragrance was scary because they know that fragrance can be used to mask a lot of things that are actually in the product. They don't tell you what's in the product. Or now even you'll see natural brands that are using um, essential oil blend as one ingredient when they may have multiple. So transparency became really important to us and making sure that everything was disclosed on the label and then safety. So we really wanted to make sure that it wasn't just our safety and toxicology studies and our lab tests that showed that something was safe. We wanted it to be independently verified. And so before we would even consider using an ingredient in the product, we would screen it through the environmental working group skin deep database to see how they rated it for health and hazard risk. And only things that were one and two, which are low health and hazard risk, made it into the product. That really became the foundation for how we created products, how we created our deodorant, and how we're creating products going forward. Hey, Work Party listeners. If you follow me on Instagram, you know how much I love wine. Today, I want to give you the scoop on usual wines. Are you not familiar? Well, let me fill you in. Usual Wines takes the same artful approach to making real wine, but delivers it in generous single-serve glasses. No additives, no sweeteners, and no recorked bottles. Yes to sustainable farms, the best grapes in California, and a fresh glass every single time. Their wines are for the modern drinker, and since every bottle is only 6.3 ounces, your days of pouring stale, unfinished wine down the drain are over. And now for some nutritional facts. Did you know that in the U.S. there are over 60 additives allowed by law to be used in winemaking? Usual doesn't use any chemical or sugar additives. They're truly a clean wine brand. And maybe some of you are asking, but don't grapes contain sugar? Well, yes, they do. All Usual wines are produced using natural, sustainable grapes, which are picked at optimal ripeness to ensure all sugar will be completely fermented until the wines are dry. All that's left over is delicious, low-calorie, clean wine with no residual sugar. As far as varieties go, Usual has a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling white wine. My personal fave is the Usual Brut. It has these amazing notes of lemon, elderflower, and bergamot. It's refreshing and the perfect way to end a busy remote work week. Plus, you don't have to recap every single time and lose those amazing bubbles. It's the perfect glass. Have I sold you yet? Well, head to Usual's website at www.usualwines.com and use our discount code WORKPARTY to receive $8 off your first order. Again, use discount code WORKPARTY at usualwines.com and check out and enjoy your first glass of Usual Wines on us. Cheers! 
Hi, I'm Dom Roberts, a designer, creative, and activist living in Los Angeles. This is The Uncomfortable Podcast, a show where I speak with new friends, fellow activists, and guests all united and passionate about different injustices or just generally uncomfortable topics. It's time to dig deep into the human experience, and that's on period. It's all love. Let's get uncomfortable. That's amazing. I didn't even know that database existed. And now I'm going to be like terrified looking. (laughs) No, it's actually really fun. They have an app. You can scan your product. They'll rate the product. They'll rate the ingredients. You know, we just want to arm people with information so they can make informed decisions and things like that. There are other apps out there really enable consumers to have more information so they know what they're doing. They don't have to just take what's given to them. Absolutely. So this sounds like a long process. How long was the process of, we're going to start this company, we have this idea to, we have a product on the shelf. You know, like what was that timeline? We spent about a year in development and that was everything from, you know, surveying people and talking to them to creating prototypes of the product. We had prototypes that had a lot more ingredients in them. And that's how we learned, you know, we wanted less. We had prototypes that didn't deliver on the odor performance that we wanted. And so we'd pivot from that. So we spent about a year working through formulation prototypes and talking about tensions and frustrations until we got to a product that we felt was really strong. My co-founder is, she's what we consider our torture test for deodorant. She work out, works out like three times a day. She's like the ultimate sweater. And so if it could hold up to her workouts, we knew we were onto something. Like we still remember the weekend when she was trying one of the prototypes and she's like, I think we got it. Like this is, this is good stuff. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. No, deodorant is a tricky one. I feel like it's like, it really depends on your body type and all those different things. But at the same time, everything that we're learning and hearing about the old school way of deodorant, the problems it could potentially cause from a health perspective. I think a lot of people are switching to that clean, organic mentality. And as you said, those words are all over the place and very buzzy. And we honestly don't know what they mean, but it sounds like you guys are really doing it in a transparent way. Another buzzword I want to talk about is sustainability. So sustainability, you know, feels like a really challenging thing for a young brand to tackle, but you guys are tackling it. So can you tell us a little bit about your sustainability mission? Yeah, absolutely. So we absolutely see sustainability as a responsibility. Like even if we're small and just starting out, like we have a responsibility to not contribute to even more waste in the long run. That's just a value that we share as a team and something that we know is important to our consumer base as well. But we also see it as a journey of multiple steps. Like there's no way to be perfect because unfortunately the industry hasn't caught up with this demand yet either. So it's actually still really hard. So when we first launched, we focused on formula first making sure that our formula was safe and transparent and also sustainably sourced. So we visit all of our suppliers to ensure that, you know, we hold them to our sustainability standards to make sure that we're not taking away from the earth and not, you know, putting back into it. And then we heard from our consumer base that packaging was really important. It's always been important to us too. It's trickier to manage. And so the first step we took was we launched our recycling program. So we have a recycling program now. We know that recycling can be difficult. It's not consistently run across cities. It can be difficult to know that what you're recycling gets to the right place. And so we said, okay, if we can make that easier for our customers, we will 
have more success with this. So our program now allows you to, if you say five of your empties of any size and send them in, we will recycle them for you industrially. And then we will also send you a free deodorant as a thank you. So that was step one. Step two was getting to sustainable packaging ourselves. So our primary packaging. So we just launched sustainable packaging. All of our canisters are made out of sugarcane. So it's a plant-based material. Sugarcane is, what we really like about this is that sugarcane is actually carbon negative. So it absorbs CO2 from the environment as it grows. So it actually takes carbon out of the atmosphere. And even after manufacturing, it's still a carbon negative material. So it's not just about end of life, you know, from the full life cycle of how it originates to you know where it ends up, we know that it is a step in the right direction from our current because it's coming from a renewable resource, a renewable resource that does good for the environment. And then it's also able to be recycled through our recycling program. We also moved all of our shippers to recyclable shippers. Um, we have compostable envelopes. So just these intentional choices for what can we do to leave a more sustainable footprint in what we do. And we're not stopping there. I mean, we're still looking for even more sustainable options. I think the good news about this space is that there's so much innovation and there, the space is evolving so quickly that, you know, we'll hear about an option and we'll go pursue it because we know that the future depends on doing even more and taking even more steps toward a sustainable path. Hey, Work Party listeners, has anyone else made self-care a top priority while in quarantine? Well, I certainly have. I'm prioritizing a healthy diet, moving my body, and most recently, an effective skincare routine. Healthy skin is so, so, so important. Whether your skincare concerns are dullness, redness, fine lines, acne, or a combination of things, trying to find the right treatment can be so frustrating. Well, great news. I've found a simpler, smarter solution to skincare. Let me introduce you to Rory, a digital health clinic for women. Rory is a sister brand of Roman, a male-focused healthcare solution. And like Roman, Rory makes it simple to connect with a healthcare professional online who will help you decide if personalized prescription skincare treatment is the right move for you. You can do all of this from the comfort of your home. You just go to your smartphone or your computer and you complete a free consultation and wait to hear from a US licensed healthcare professional within 24 hours. If appropriate, they'll prescribe a personalized skincare treatment plan that works for you and your skin. It really is that easy. With Rory, you don't have to go to the pharmacy. Your custom skincare is delivered right to your door with free two-day shipping. You can also follow up with your healthcare professional anytime. If you need to make a change or have any questions, they're with you every step of the way in your skincare journey. Plus, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So head to hellorory.com slash party to try out Rory's customized prescription skincare, Nightly Defense, for just $5. It's free to chat with the doctor and your order begins at just $5. Again, that's hellorory.com slash party to receive customized skincare for only $5. Eligibility requirements and additional terms may apply. Absolutely. And, you know, curious your thoughts, you know, you're taking a stand on a lot of different things. You're certified, you're clean, you're organic, you're sustainable, you're doing all these amazing things. With that comes a lot of people watching you and having a lot of eyes on your brand. You know, how as a founder and, you know, entrepreneur, are you tackling those issues as, as they come your way? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, first of all, we, we want to be clear, we are not experts in any of this. We are still learning too. 
And we rely on our consumer base to hold us accountable to things, to show us, you know, we'll get emails from consumers that say, I wish you were using X, Y material. And so we'll go pursue it and say, is it compatible with our formula? Is it available in the amounts that we need? Is the footprint overall positive? So we haven't figured it all out because the space is evolving so much. And so we just try to do right by our consumers and do right by our values and what we believe in. And sometimes we're going to not get it right, but that's why we rely on our consumers to hold us accountable because we'll fix it. We'll make it right. I love that. And you know, we're all human beings, but I think it's amazing that for a newer company, so how long has the company been around? We launched in 2018. Yeah. So for a newer company, being able to take those steps is just so impressive. So you mentioned in the beginning, you are part, you know, of the finance of the business. Did you guys raise capital? Yes. And what was that experience like for you guys? It is um, an evolving journey. It's very different, particularly in COVID times, but it's just something that, you know, we've approached very methodically. We know what we need to raise. We know what we need to fund the business. And so we just do it as we get opportunities and as we have needs come up. So it's something we're still learning as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how big is your team? We have 12 people total, but we also use a variety of, you know, co-ops and freelancers and our extended team is much bigger than that. We, we rely a lot on the freelance community and people who are really, we consider our extended family, but people that really like keep the engine going. A lot of yes. external partners. Absolutely. So talk to us about maybe the biggest money mistake you've made and what the lesson is that you learned from that. Yeah, I, I'm still making a lot of money mistakes. I don't know that you ever like have it really figured out. I always joke with my family in particular that you would think with someone with such a background in finance that I would, you know, not make money mistakes. But I think the thing I constantly have to remind myself of is that I'm easily distracted by shiny things. And that's mm. both professional and personal. Like in my personal life, I'm like, ooh, this looks nice. Let me buy it. It's not a good investment, but it feels good. And I find myself doing the same things professionally sometimes where someone will come to us with a really cool idea that we need to invest in. And I know that it's not going to move our business forward in the way that we need, but it's such a good idea. I don't want to miss the opportunity. And so I'm constantly having to remind myself to stay focused. And especially for the infancy that we have now, like we just can't take a lot of risks and we can't move towards the shiny things. And so it's really a balance of focusing on what will move our business and help us deliver our goals so that we can get to the next stage so that then we can do more fun things. You know, it's a process. Oh, absolutely. So you started your business two years ago. Obviously, so much has changed in the past year. Do you think it's harder or easier to start a business today? And what advice can you share for breaking into what is now a very crowded space? I mean, honestly, it's both. It's harder than ever before, and it's easier than ever before. I mean, the reality is it is easier than ever before to start a website, to, you know, you can build a website yourself. I built our first website. I have no IT experience whatsoever. You can source product. Uh, We formulate internally, but there are a lot of manufacturers out there who have products or depending on your industry, you know, it's easy to get product. You can market on social platforms, you know, fairly competitively. So in some ways, the barriers have never been lower, but in other ways, the barriers are still so high. And I think particularly about women, you know, when you hear the statistics about, female executives or female fundraising, like the numbers are embarrassingly low and even more so for women of color. 
And so it is really hard to break through. I mean, we're trying to still break through every day. It's, it's because it's never been easier. It's really crowded and competition is a good thing. Consumer choice is a good thing, but it can also be really hard to break through that crowded marketplace and make your voice heard. And so one of the things we've been trying to do is just share our platform with other small businesses, particularly with Black-owned businesses, to give them, you know, the opportunity to amplify their voices. I think we have to make startups a more comfortable, safe place for women to get started. You do that so well with Create and Cultivate. It's something we feel a responsibility to do. And we really believe that no matter how big or small your platform, we can always share the stage and throw some shine on people doing cool things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, also as, you know, with COVID this year, you know, how have your plans been disrupted, if at all? You know, obviously people still wearing deodorant. I don't think that's something that they're getting rid of, you know, whatever (laughs) it is. But how has that sort of changed your world? Yeah, it's funny, you know, you hear the the statistics about how hygiene habits have changed with people at home and you're like, really? Like you're not brushing your teeth and wearing deodorant? That's weird. (laughs) No, we've been really fortunate in the grand scheme of things. I mean, COVID has definitely um, resulted in some increases in e-commerce, which has been good for our business. We've also seen consumers more willing to try natural deodorant for the first time because they aren't out on the go as much. And so a lot of people who have that hesitation about will it work, will it not, feel more comfortable making that switch now. We've also had some delays. We have production delays. We have raw material. Like we source from all over the world. And so when, you know, your supply chain is global, there are going to be delays. And so we've had to delay a few things, but we're very fortunate in the grand scheme of things to have been able to capture the increase in demand that we see and kind of ride it out so far. I think that's so true. I think people are definitely more open to testing new things because they're just home all day. Even myself, like I've never strayed from my skincare routine just because I'm like, a robot, essentially, like getting on a plane, going to the next conference, like whatever. And now I'm like, what's this face mask I'm like putting it on? Because it's like, what else am I going to do? So I love that. And I think that's great advice for anyone out there who has a product-based business that requires a habit or a change to really double down on that philosophy, you know, right now in your marketing materials. Because I think that's actually a really great way to do it. It's like, you have time, try it. If it doesn't work, great. If it works, great. I love that. It's also a source of joy for people who you know, are kind of sick of the monotony of the same thing every day, like having these little moments to treat yourself with a new routine or a new product has been something that I think is responsible for why we're seeing increases in e-commerce during this time. So you've seen the company grow over the past two years. You've now been an entrepreneur for two years. Like what has been some of the best advice you've received along the way? Yeah, I think about this a lot, particularly, and this is something our team really internalizes too, is just knowing your why. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? This business and doing things in this way is like not for the faint of heart. Like there are obstacles, there are challenges. And we come back to our mission is to make people feel good about the products that they use on their body. And so when we have tough days or when things get shut down or when things are not going our way, like we read the reviews, that is what Mm. keeps us going. So we are so fortunate that our consumers leave paragraph long reviews about the product and how much they love it and how much it's changed their life. And to think that a deodorant could have that kind of impact is something really rewarding. And that's what keeps us going. And, you know, when we got into this, 
we heard from consumers that they believe that using better products would help extend their life. And when it's really about a better life, you get a lot of that passion from consumers. And so that's really what keeps us going. We read the reviews. Absolutely. And also thinking about the fact that you said, obviously it sounds like you have more aspirations beyond deodorant, obviously your fragrance as well, but why do you think it was a good strategy to launch with one product, focus on the one product, you know, for however amount of time and then roll out more categories? Yeah, that's a great question. I think focus is so important, particularly for new businesses, for startups. I think it's easy to kind of want to go after everything at once because, you know, you see opportunity and you want to bring people as much as possible, but it is resource intensive. It is capital intensive. It is better to just be very focused and to focus on one thing at a time. I mean, deodorant is still our primary focus. We are working on other products because we want to continue to bring people products that they can feel good about using. But I mean, deodorant will continue to be our focus because that's what we launched with. That's what we're known for. That's what we, you know, will continue to build our equity off of. And that focus is what will allow us to be more profitable long-term, to not burn people out too soon. We have to maintain focus. And that's really advice I would have for anyone starting up is start small, start focused, and then build small over time. You don't have to do it all at once. I think that's amazing advice. So as you guys scale and grow, you know, what are your big goals for, for growth? Is it more products? How big do you want this company to be? Like, what are your big aspirations? Yeah. So we're, we have long-term goals and short-term goals right now. We're very focused on surviving the uncertainty of 2020 and 2021. Amen. Amen. Yes. We are also very focused on bringing new products. So we've been working on new products for the past year or two. Like I said, we've had some delays, but we're very excited to bring some more products to consumers. We're launching hair care very soon next week. So that will be live very, very soon. Um, We have some other products coming before holiday. So really just focused on getting those out with excellence. We've also been very focused this year on our sustainable packaging and sustainability We have aspirations of calculating our footprint and making sure that we understand the numbers behind what impact we're leaving. And so some of it is very due diligence focused. It's really just about bringing consumers options and information so that they can make informed decisions. Absolutely. I mean, that sounds incredible. You're at 12 employees now. Like, Who were some of the key hires and what were some of the key investments you made early on that have really paid off? First and foremost, I could not do anything without my co-founder, Micah. She's incredible. She leads the entire product side of the house. So from product development to manufacturing, operations, fulfillment, anything that gets a product into somebody's hand, like she is pivotal. Right after her, we hired customer service. And that has been pivotal. I did it for a while for about six months, but it's a full-time job in and of itself to do it with excellence. And so that has been really enabling for us because we get insights from it. We understand where there are opportunities and where there are attention. But we also know that, you know, we can't launch a product and expect people to buy it and not have a good experience. Having a great customer experience is just foundational to everything we do. And so that is a very critical role for our team. We've also hired on the the marketing side media because breaking through and making your making sure people know who you are, I mean, that's still our biggest challenge. Like the space is very 
crowded. And that is not a bad thing, but that makes it harder to let people know who you are. So having a media strategy that allows us to find people who would be interested in us at a cost that isn't astronomical that we can afford has been a very critical role for our team as well. And on the product side, we have a lot of key players too. So from, you know, product development to, you know, safety and making sure that we do our own safety testing. We just, we have a team of people who everybody has a very important role to play to help us deliver our mission. Yeah, absolutely. And so when it comes to marketing, you know, how has social media been useful for you? And have you worked with influencers? Is that part of your strategy as well? I know a lot of businesses are interested in the influencer space. If it works, if it doesn't, all those good things. Yeah, absolutely. Social media has been crucial for us. I mean, that's how people find out about products today. You know, our media plan has, you know, other elements of media too, but the majority is social media just because you have to catch people where they are. And we're all on our phone scrolling all the apps um, every day. And so that's been really important for us. Influencers, absolutely. So when we started out, you know, we didn't have an influencer strategy. We would have influencers reach out to us occasionally and say, hey, I love your brand. I want to partner with you. And we would do like one-off things here and there. And then we started to get into a rhythm of like finding partners who really, you know, lived our mission and would resonate with their audience. And then as we've grown, we've actually seen, you know, as you have more awareness, you get more visibility to influencers and celebrities. Like we get inquiries all the time of inbounds from people who are like, hey, I really love your product and, you know, I'd love to work with you or I'd love to share with it about my following. What should I tell them? And that's really been exciting just to see, you know, as we grow to have some of those inbounds and have, you know, celebrities reaching out to us wanting to partner together, that will never get old. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. And that's amazing. Congratulations on that. So when you're looking at all the different strategies, obviously you guys have had a ton of success, but when it comes to things not working out, how do you handle failure or like when something doesn't work out, what do you do in those moments? What's your reaction? How do you shift? Well, my first reaction is emotional always because I'm very passionate. So I'll send some rage texts to my family or friends to calm me down. (laughs) So that's step one, get it all out. (laughs) And then, you know, we just make a plan. I think the reality and what I've learned over the years is that there's no right path or wrong path. There are just a series of options and outcomes. And so if something doesn't work out or we have a barrier in the way that doesn't look like we're going to be able to move, we just figure out a plan for what now? Like, if this is true, what can we do next? Can we still solve the same objective a different way? Or do we need to pivot on the objective? And there's always a way. It may not be something that comes to light immediately. It may not be super easy in how we get there, but there are going to be you know, times when it just doesn't work out and we have to pivot. And I think one of the things I've learned most by doing this is just the grit that you have to have to keep going. You know, people ask me, what do you think entrepreneurs need? Like, what's the one skill? And I come back to grit always because there are a thousand reasons why no company should have ever made it. And the ones that do isn't because they have something, you know, some kind of magic potion that the rest of us don't have. It's because they found a way. They just kept going. So like I said, there's no right or wrong way. You just you find new paths and you just keep going. Amen. Yes. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I'm like, you need a good text group that you can scream at or a private Slack channel where you just go like, ah! Yeah, like Um, what now? (laughs) now? But then yes, that's right. You get right back to it and it's really about the solutions and not the problems. And I think that's such a great way of looking at things. Um, Okay, so we're going to end with some rapid fire 
sentence okay. finishers. Okay. The hardest career decision you've ever made. Pivoting to pursue a passion. When I feel fear, I... Think about why I feel the fear. I saw, I know this is rapid fire, but I saw this thing one time that said, when you feel fear, you feel like, you know, anxiety about something, ask yourself, who told you that? And I Mm -hmm. use that exercise all the time to say, why am I feeling fear in this moment? What's the worst that could happen? And is that likely to happen? Yes, that's a really great perspective. Your number one money tip for small business owners. Start small, grow small. And beauty is? Whatever you want it to be. That's the fun thing about beauty. It can be anything you want it to be. Yay. Thank you so much, Lauren. That was incredible. And can you tell everyone where they can find more information on you and each and every? Yes. You can follow us at each and every company on Instagram and visit us at eachandevery.com. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part Career Manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com. So you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.